This is a News Laundry and Roly Pulse podcast examining the news media landscape. Roly Pulse is a digital initiative by Roly Books. Hello everyone, I am Chirag Khattar, Commissioning Editor at Roly Books and you're watching this in collaboration between Roly Pulse, brought to you by Roly Books as well as News Laundry. This is the fifth episode of our specially curated video series on the media landscape in India. If you haven't already, please go press the bell icon and subscribe to Roly Books and News Laundry on YouTube where you will find the other four episodes of this series. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Today we're going to be talking about viral news, listicles and content that appeals to largely young, uber, urban, millennial, post-millennial and Gen Z audiences. What are some of the strategies that content platforms are looking at? What's the fleeting trends that is working today? What's working, what's not? Moderating this specially created media series with Roly Pulse and News Laundry, is Abhinandan Sekri, and Abhinandan is going to be in conversation with Tatvik Mishra, Pragya Tiwari, and Andre Borges. Tatvik Mishra started Foofoop.com as an experiment along with some friends in August 2013. In less than three months, the media company got to 3 million monthly users. Since then, Foofoop has grown from an experiment to India's largest new age media company. As of today, about 40 million Indians consume Foofoop content in a month. Pragya Tiwari is a journalist and policy consultant with over 15 years of experience in journalism. She has led publications such as Vice India, Tehilka, and The Big Indian Picture as an editor and has contributed her writings and reportage to several Indian and international publications such as Hindustan Times, Mint Lounge, Elle, The New York Times, and Al Jazeera. Andre Borges has been a journalist for about eight years now. Over the last few years, he's ventured into video production and content creation first at BuzzFeed India, handling their political and cultural vertical dialogue, and off late at Pocket Aces with their nonfiction department, Nutshell. Abhinandan Sekri is co-founder of News Laundry, a reader-supported independent news media organization. So welcome to this chat, all of you. Abhinandan, why don't you get us started? Thanks, Chirag. So I'll get straight into it, and I'd like to start with you, Satvik. Um, since you started this as an experiment, um, what was the idea of the experiment? What was your template? And how has that experiment evolved? Because I know, I mean, I use news in a narrow sense, like for me, content and news are two separate things. So I kind of uh, dislike it when both of them are, you know, put together when we speak at, at platforms and both have their own space uh, and their own seriousness and their own uh, standard operating procedure. Yeah. What was your product when you started off with it? And what is it now? And what are the transitions you've made? And where does news fit in? So, um, look, so we started Scoop in 2013 uh, when uh, I was uh, in an advertising job. I was a copywriter with uh, an advertising agency called Web Chutney. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, having spent four years at Web Chutney, I fairly understood how um, viral videos or content uh, is sort of uh, uh, produced and how it's created and what are the best practices to create it. Uh, but as advertising is, it also gets very boring very quickly because most of the time you get to work on brochures and not TVCs. Uh, so having spent four years at WebChipney, we figured that, you know, there is something that um, uh, that's happening uh, globally where uh, there are a lot of new media companies that have come up that are creating content uh, for the millennials, uh, which is slightly different from how traditional media companies are doing it. And we felt that there's no um, 
there isn't a company in India that's creating content, keeping young India in mind. Uh, back then, I remember most of the digital content was just a copy paste of what's going on uh, their uh, print editions. Uh, so that naturally felt there was an opportunity to sort of create content for young Indians, and we launched the site over a period of 48 hours. Uh, I still remember. I think it was the 15th to the 14th of August, 2013, when we launched the website. And the idea back then, see, we were advertising guys, right? So uh, we didn't really understand how publication works or how the how the um, uh, concept of publishing as a business is run. Uh, that point and the idea really was to throw things at the wall, see what works, what sticks, what comes back. And we realized that, you know, as long as uh, there are two or three pillars that we stay true to, we, the content will, like, we can expect the content to drive, travel wider and faster. Uh, these were very few simple uh, pillars of content that I don't think has changed over the last three, four years. I think that execution style has changed. Uh, maybe their understanding has changed in some way, but those pillars haven't changed. So one pillar that we very actively sort of believe in is that news is very subjective. And this is where sort of I uh, slightly disagree with you, uh, Abhinandan. Um, I think see, news has largely over the last decades has been dictated by a bunch of editors who sit in a room and decide and dictate what news should look like. So they'll say that, you know, uh, politics is very important, so we'll put it on the front page. Uh, Bollywood is not that important, so we'll put it on page three. Sports is important, but it's not as important as politics, so we'll go on the last page of the newspaper. And that's essentially how your newspaper looks like. Uh, we at Scopo believe that news is very subjective. Uh, if I am a Manchester United fan, uh, then what happens in a match between Manchester United and Chelsea is the biggest news piece for me for that day. Or if I'm a Game of Thrones fan, a death in a Game of Thrones episode is the largest piece of news for me. Uh, similarly, if I am into politics and I really like following politics, then what Narendra Modi does is important to me. So we believe that you know news can't you can't dictate news to your users. You can't tell them that okay, you know this is news and this is not news. I think news is very subjective, uh, and that's something that we follow at Scoopu very religiously. We believe that there is space for all kinds of news. Different people want different content, and they have different definitions of news. So that's one. Uh, the second part, of course, is that how do we make news or content pieces more consumable, right? And there are certain best practices that you can do. So, for example, one of the things that we focus on is how to package the news piece. So, jitna time story likhne mein jata hai, I would assume that twice the amount of time goes into what the feature image should look like, what the headline should look like. Because um, uh, you can write a great piece, but if it's not uh, presented well, then it loses its um, uh, effectiveness. Uh, so a considerable amount of time is spent in trying to figure out what, how the story should look. What are the images we have to use? What is the format we should use? So essentially what we're trying to answer is how can we make the user consume our content and to get him to click on our content. And then the merit of the story sort of takes the story wider and faster. Um, I think the third thing is more of a hiring policy that we have, which we believe is that only X can write for X. Essentially, what that means is that uh, we believe that, you know, a 40-year-old can't write for a 20-year-old. Uh, 18-year-old in Delhi can't write for a 30-year-old in Bhopal. A girl brought up in a small town can write for girls in small towns. So diversity in a newsroom is very important. We like to hire people from different backgrounds uh, so that they can talk about their experiences and they can create they can appeal to many communities that um, 
that they represent. So say for example, if I have to write a story of living in Delhi, uh, I'm sure Andre can't write it, right? Because he hasn't, um, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a Bombay guy. Uh, so for us, I think these three pillars haven't really changed over the last six, seven years. I think execution and understanding of them have changed. Um, we tried doing news, but I mean, the news model is so broken uh, that uh, we didn't see a reason to sort of continue investing in news. Uh, it's, it's, the return of investment is very low because A, you have to... See, the thing is that if you do news, you have to do news really well. Otherwise, there's no point of doing news. You have to invest in quality people. You have to invest in stringers. You have to invest in... Uh, good wires, uh, but uh, uh, the, the the monetization of news is still very messed up. Uh, it doesn't give you the kind of returns that it does. Uh, so that's why we've moved away from news. But our definition of news is very different. Our definition of news is that everything is news, uh, as long as uh, uh, it, uh, it's it's news for certain uh, uh, demographics, uh, and they think uh, uh, that uh, what they're consuming is what they really want. So, so essentially, that's that's how we've been. So, nothing's really changed over the last seven years, except for execution, I'm guessing. Okay, I'll come back to the content is news and all news is content piece a little later. Unless, of course, Pragya will want to weigh in on that probably. Pragya, you have been a journalist for all your life. Um, not all your life, okay? Most of as, your life. As, as soon as I was born. <laughs> okay, all your adult professional life, fine. Fine, you, you can... Uh, nitpick and embarrass me but 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 no but uh, now vice was something i remember when i watched the earlier vice documentaries whether whether it was going you know rocket launcher shopping in the arms bazaar of peshawar kind of thing like it was like even hardcore reporters like whoa that's amazing uh, but then it went more and more you know sensational but not newsworthy and you know that's where i come to news versus content what is, and you, you know, headed Vice here, what was your mandate? What did you imagine you want to do with Vice? What do you think is happening with Vice worldwide? Is it still in the new space as I define news and, and you know, not Satvik and we will have to make the distinction for this conversation. Uh, and is your approach different when you are, you know, let's say in a newsroom at the Helka or you're writing for all the newspapers or news platforms you are here? And when you were setting up a strategy for Vice, what's the difference and why? So very quickly, um, Vice internationally, globally, um, of course, they started with, uh, I mean, they first started as a timeout kind of magazine. You know, that was just telling you what is happening in the underground culture scene. That's, that was the origin of Vice. It was a magazine that was just telling you where to go and catch gigs that nobody else talks about, right, for young people. And then, of course, it moved into many different spaces. But Vice globally had a very clear horses for courses policy, somewhat like what Satvik has been talking about, that different people can come to the platform expecting to consume different stuff. So it also had your very, you know, the regular weed column or, you know, of news, which was everything on you want to know on weed. You want to cook with weed. You want to talk about legalization of marijuana. You want to talk about how people got, you know, wasted on weed. It also had serious news. It also had political columns. Uh, it had the documentaries. It had the videos. So it had all of that. I mean, that was the idea. I'm just telling you what the idea was. Whether or not it worked is a different question. And we might come to that. So the whole thing was a horses to courses thing, but not going beyond what maybe Scoop Poop was doing or whatever, not just in terms of what different people are offered, but also different platforms. So, um, you know, Vice had... 
it had many satellite sort of uh, uh, publications, right? So they had a fashion publication, they had a two uh, music publications, they had, so there was this whole, they had entire munchies, which is just dedicated to food. Then they were partnering with HBO just to do news. Then of course they were doing documentaries. They were, you know, so there was just a whole bunch of different things that Vice was doing under one umbrella. And the idea was that whatever you want, you come to us for, you will get it. Right. So different people can come for different things. Now, A, that had grown, um, you know, organically and over time in, in, in the US and transplanting that model to India uh, overnight would not have worked. It just couldn't possibly have worked. So the mandate very clearly was quality journalism for younger people. Um, which I was brought in on video as well as text, um, audio as well. However, the other big difference from America and India was the funds available to us, the team available to us. I had six people, we had 600 people, have 600 people. So obviously you could not translate that mandate um, directly and you had to find what avatar it would take in India, what it would mean in India. And unfortunately, what ends up happening, and I've been in this position twice in my life, and at two very interesting points in my life. When I was brought on board, the Helka, the Helka was just a magazine and the Helka.com essentially was the magazine being uploaded on the website weekly, right? And when I was hired, it was to give make it a separate entity. At that point in time, other than Rediff, there was really... We didn't really have any competition in terms of, you know, Thrall wasn't around, Wire wasn't around, News Laundry wasn't around, no, you know, nothing really was around on the scene. And um, we had to kind of feel our way around to see what would the model be? What, you know, what would we do? Next time I was in this position was when I was doing Vice, when there was a saturated market. And you had to really drill down and uh, niche down to what it is that, would translate into what Vice is doing and what we want to do into a good economic model. I realized through the process of doing this through Vice is that there is a massive disconnect between the people who are thinking about marketing and the people who are thinking about editorial. And when that exists, Ironically, we were brought up to believe, I am from that generation, that there should be a Chinese wall between the marketing guys and the editorial guys. Mm -hmm. Through the process of Vice, I realized that idea is completely outdated. You need the editor to be the CEO. Or you need the CEO to be the editor. And if that does not happen, then you cannot have any successful model. In any kind in of... In any, I mean, in the digital space, you can still have, um, you know, a New York Times, a legacy media or whatever, but definitely not in the digital space and definitely not in India. And I'm very convinced about that now. I completely agree with Pragya here. I think it's very easy to create content, but it's very difficult to create content businesses. And once you start seeing content as a content business, then there are thousand permutation combinations, a thousand challenges that you need to take care of. And, and that's exactly what Pragya is also saying that uh, marketing and editorial have to uh, 
have some sort of seamless integration together for a business to thrive sure uh, i'll come to that um, and i'll also come to you know why would they pick pragya who is basically a journalist and not say someone like uh, samir nair he's the guy right it stars when uh, i mean uh, you know the peter mukherjee's team that made star this big content hub why would they not pick someone who's you know cornered marketed saas bahu and saazish if that's the idea but i'll just come to that so just think about that um under you you have been a journalist and you also create i've seen your videos um on you know what they call viral videos uh, I, i don't know what the correct terminology is now when you um you know i mean a do you still describe yourself as a journalist or do you describe yourself as a content creator or a producer what in your mind is this distinction and what in your mind is the distinction in how you approach journalism as i describe it or the kind of listicles which buzzfeed is known for you know that the top 10 reasons to you know live in delhi or live in bombay i personally i mean i feel like putting people in boxes on the internet right now doesn't make sense uh, i do agree that uh, when you say journalist the information should be verified the information should have sources the information should have groundwork behind it and stuff like that um but i don't see a reason why a content creator can't also be a journalist um in terms of how they're putting on putting up their content so i'll give you an example um when we created dialogue for buzzfeed uh the whole aim was because essays uh you know long form pieces about things that were happening in the country and identities and stuff like that started doing really really well on the website um and we had already started a video department that was doing you know entertainment videos and stuff like that so uh when rega and i uh, rega jha who was the editor in chief at that time we discussed it and she was like why don't we open you know a space where we can basically make long form essays as videos um we started doing that at first which we called social news videos which were things that were happening on the internet uh general social issues uh, you know encompassing all encompassing uh issues and then from that um i decided that we should also tackle like something that's huge in the country and uh given that i already had sources from my career as a journalist uh i had the means to contact you know the cops or contact uh, you know uh, people involved in the incident stuff like that so we could have vetted sources um and create uh stuff on say judge loya or uh, you know stuff that happened in totukudi back in the day um now the thing is we couldn't write, we i didn't write the video as a uh, you know straight fact news piece because i knew the audience that buzzfeed had which was a uh, much younger people so for me to break down what the issue was i had to make it conversational and i had to add in elements that um we use this thing at buzzfeed where we say if you're making something you have to make it as if you're talking to a friend so the language has to be easily digestible it has to be uh, very different from how a news report would be uh, and i think that's the distinction with the content that i create versus you know say something on like a legacy media like the hindu or like hd or whatever it is um i think the problem that we faced strongly was uh, the whole thing that pragya was talking about where it's editorial versus advertising because buzzfeed came here as an entertainment company and we came here without any affiliation to um say a times of india or you know any mainstream news organization in india so by that logic we could only make entertainment content and we started making a uh, news based or you know slightly hard news based content um we were later on told as the content started gaining steam i think dialogue 
gained a lot of traction on Facebook um, and Twitter. And because of that, we were actually informed that, you know, you can't actually make news because by BuzzFeed, I wasn't a BuzzFeed journalist. Like I wasn't part of BuzzFeed news. Um, so technically we couldn't be making news in India, um, which is why I'm sure that a lot of you have seen, like, I mean, I've left BuzzFeed now, but like their touch upon news content and touch upon what's happening in the world has completely gone down. Um, cause they've gone back basically to their roots, which is creating only entertainment content and only touching upon, you know, identities and relatability and stuff like that. Um, I think that school poop and, uh, news laundry and stuff like that are doing exactly the same thing where they're picking uh, news that would, you know, uh, attain to different demographics of the population. Um, like I've seen school poop do stickers and, you know, the funny videos and stuff like that, but I've also seen great journalism happen on school poop. Um, and news laundry has taken like Meghnaad and stuff has taken cues from, you know, uh, being very conversational. There are lots of constitutional things that I don't understand, but I understand it after watching Meghnaad's videos. Um, so I think there is, there isn't a distinction as such in terms of um, how or where you're getting your news. Um, I feel like what is the best for you to understand that topic and for you to gain more awareness is what a lot of the platforms are doing these days. I feel like a lot of young people are understanding very conversational videos rather than reading like an op-ed or a think piece, um, which might work for the older lot that have more information about the subject. So, um, content creation and journalism for me doesn't necessarily have to be two different things. Okay. Um, so I'll just lay the context of the next talking point, uh, because I think on one thing I uh, disagree with, I think all of you is that news is a very different piece. And I'll tell you why I say that uh, having set up production house and I used to make food and travel shows for channels, which is what I did for, you know, most of my professional life until we started news laundry. Uh, a is, and this is not just content and marketing. A is the risk. The risk with news is huge. You're taking on powers that could shut you down. Now, would I want to, when I was making highway, my plate and twist of taste with Vineet Bhatia and, you know, Roti Rasta India, I, I, that risk was not part of my plan. There was no cost associated with it. There was so the professionals I would get, the due diligence I would have, instead of heing when a jira bol diya, I'm not getting a legal notice for that. Lekin judge X ki jaga when judge Y bol diya, I'm, I risk being shut down. So the whole approach to your enterprise, and I'm talking about from an entrepreneurial point of view, which I, mean, I guess is, is more satric and me are similar on that. The strategy you deploy for hiring people, the kind of uh, costs you put aside for different, you know, uh, spends is very different in news. A, B, uh, I think what to me goes against what the internet makes possible is it makes us po- makes it possible to have niche audiences that when I used to make TV shows, you know, studio executives, what is your PG target, target group, target audience? I want to make a show, you'd pay low any shit. They'd say, ha, ha, hai, let's do. But you didn't, did not seriously know whether young people would like your show or whether older people would like your show. Eventually, if it did well, it did well. And honestly, till date, I don't think any studio executive had any idea that who is watching this show. But with the internet, you have niche products for niche audiences. So A, when you say that 
people can come on vice scoop and we'll cater to everyone if you're interested in weed you can get weed if you're interested in politics get politics i don't see how a commercial proposition can be made on that back because then there is no incentive to spend on ground reportage where traffic is your only metric and that is one logic to the commercial viability of your product so from commercial viability to your hiring policy to your spend isn't it very different and secondly on no one can cater to everybody and the internet actually in my view is a tool that that makes it possible not to go down the broadcast route that if i want the market i have to have big boss or kbc i have to have it it's an all or nothing so that's the context uh, so on that you know pragya you come in first uh, when you said that you know we like to catch everybody's attention and we have something for everyone is that really possible and if someone gave you that mandate i i take it you know if i was getting paid by channels like i would for shows but in my head i knew that's that's not a sensible proposition okay quick points okay because this is a big big topic completely agree with you sadly do not disagree with you on this news and content are completely different things completely different beasts okay um i have been a news editor with the helka and i can give you examples on what that involves when you are an editor with news and this is the first time we are going into a website and digital news so which means it has to be live it you can't wait till tomorrow morning to publish something okay and the challenges are entirely different i was sent radia tapes i said no i took a risk open published it you're making those kinds of decisions right that's just one example right but there are i can give you hundreds such examples of what that entails what what you say yes to what you say no to how you report it your responsibility towards your journalists not just towards the news i mean everything it's a completely different kettle of fish okay it has nothing to do with content when it comes to vice therefore uh, i knew that that model was not going to work in india so what i uh, wanted to do was again very much like satvik the first thing i said was we're not doing news because same reasons that satvik spoke about uh, which i don't need to go into again because we've already covered them you know it's not it's not viable we also decided we're not going to do bollywood at all you know because again this it was a saturated market there was nothing that we could offer unless it was a very you know sideways piece we would not touch it okay which seems counterintuitive you've left out news you've left out bollywood now you then really better be sure that whatever it is that you're coming up with people want and this is what the basic idea was that you keep the sensationalism of vice but you take that sort of a viral feel of content and apply it to more substantial content right so let me give you an example which will explain this better than my rambling on and on um i commissioned a story a first person account by uh, an abvp student leader who is gay mm. and is from rss okay what his struggle has been why he joined the rss why he supports them what it is like for him to be gay and not tell people in the abvp that he's gay now when you put that out as a headline it is of course it's slightly clickbaity right but at the same time it really goes into a lot of very serious substantial issues about political identity sexual identity the intersections between them what young people are grappling with okay um then we done a story we were, these were all canned by the way um but we spoke to about the mandate was to speak to about 5000 young muslims across the country and ask them what their anxieties are today 
boys and girls what what is it that they feel anxious about right and then we were clubbing these anxieties into different corners we were approaching sex in a very similar way and sex was going to be a massive massive part of uh, of what we were doing but using sensationalism to deliver really meaty substantial pieces that were saying a lot about the world that we were living in and also representative of a wide uh, array of indians not just the delhi bombay bangalore indian you know an indian in aligarh an indian in kanpur an indian everywhere that was the broad idea however to come back to what i was saying earlier you need that synchronicity of vision to be able to market this right now one of the people who we got for marketing was from scoopo the other person who was leading the marketing effort who was who was our ceo was from india times now you cannot scoopo does what it does it does it really really well but you cannot use that to market this content and i think it became increasingly obvious that the only person who can actually market this content is is me and my team yeah. because we are the only people who really believe in this content and we are the re- people who are really thinking about who is this going to you know again hiring decisions are coming into it what 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 are people what do young people want to hear we are talking to these young people we are reporting this right so keeping reporting keeping politics but changing the form of it and keeping sensationalism i still believe it could have worked but we didn't have the we didn't have that kind of belief from and and slowly became skewed like we the first partner who wanted to come on board was google and they were like we don't want to do a series on sex which is what we were launching with um so it just became very skewed with them coming and telling us you can't do this and you can't do that and don't do this and don't do that and you know and at the end that completely fell apart and that's why i guess vice is where it is right now so um costs versus revenues hiring decisions isn't it very different the entire logic of the two see i think i'm trying to give you a sense of how do we look at content uh, and there's another point i want to make on journalism versus news but i think i'll, I'll sort of discuss this first uh, see i think what keeps the light on its hoop hoop is the 90% of the content that we do and then 90% is our bread and butter it's geared towards getting clicks getting users to the website uh, uh it has a direct impact to the revenue because we are able to do that 90% really well we are able to invest 10% into things that we believe should be invested in so say for example some of the stuff that sandeesh does on on scoop of unscripted now that thing doesn't really make any money for us except for a few dollars that come from youtube and that's peanut i mean uh, we all know what youtube uh, revenue sharing metrics are Uh, but we are able to that 90% of content that we create, which is geared towards sports, uh, uh, travel, pop culture, Bollywood, entertainment. That's the one that's bringing all the users to the website. That's what's uh, paying for our salaries. That's what's paying for the for the office rent. That's what's taking the company forward. The other 10% is the credibility builder, as we like to call within uh, Scoopu. uh create uh, invest in properties that you believe are the topics that you want to talk about that you would personally be a fan of and also that builds credibility for the brand uh and i think uh i think a large part of the success of scoopo has been in trying to make this 90 10 split work very well for us uh some of the documentaries that for example we work with you abhinandan uh, on cheese 
uh, that didn't make any money, but there was almost a CR of uh, uh, investment in that. Now, how do you account? Because at the end of the day, when you look at PL, PNL, how do you account for uh, uh, for uh, for expenditures in that direction? I think that only works if you. And I think most content businesses, I think, if they're able to figure out that what is the ninety percent, what is the ten percent, I think they'll be at a good spot. Um, uh, yeah, and I mean, I mean, that's that's the way uh, we uh, we look at, uh, and and sort of this then defines how we hire. What is our editorial strategy? Uh, what is our content strategy? Uh, how do we think of uh, the next quarter? So everything then depends on. Uh, this ninety ten split, and I think we're able to do that well. So if you can just, I can just squeeze one more in there. Then you know, running a pretty successful media company, which is pretty large. Let me pull further out. Let's look at it just from a valuation and as an entrepreneurial venture game. When you go pitch this to an investor, how do you explain the risk if you say we also do news? Because then. The value proposition from an investment point of view completely gets defeated, right? Yeah, but we don't do journalism, Abhinandan. I think there is a big difference between journalism and news. I mean, uh, everyone's doing news. Very few people in this country are doing journalism. Um, we look at it like that, right? We're not. We're a news and media company. We're, we're a news and entertainment company. We're not a journalism company. We don't do what the Wire does. We don't do what News Laundry does. We don't do what Print does. Uh, we are in the business of. creating content but does it impact how investors look at you if you i mean are they more wary of touching you if you use news even forget journalism even using news I mean, does it look, does it just look at one thing right that like they only look at numbers uh, how many people come to your platform what is your revenue potential and how big can this be uh, i don't think they really give a fuck about uh, what content you're doing i mean uh, there are there are media companies that are way more valuable than scoop who have or doing what i would personally call cringe content but then who am i to sort of uh, as i said the content is very subjective uh, so they don't really care about it of course there are some challenges with that fdi rule where foreign investment in news companies can only be a certain percentage uh, so anyway for any indian media company that's looking to raise money positioning itself as a news and journalism uh, product is a bad bad idea well yeah i think we should actually do one purely on the regulatory framework chirag because it is so bizarre uh, yeah. that if someone can explain that so um, now you know coming to the whole journalism versus content thing you know one is from an entrepreneurial point of view as a professional who is let's say producing stuff for buzzfeed what what satya called the credibility builder for us it's also 90 10 our fun videos are you know mocking videos and stuff that's 10% of our content 90% of our stuff is reports and the traffic on our fun stuff is way more than on our reports but that 10% is to suck them in for this 90% and yours i guess it's the other way around yeah but abhinandan you have a you have a better revenue model which is subscription uh, i wish i had invested in a subscription model 5 years back it's a robust revenue model we are uh, unfortunately dependent on advertising Yeah, it's never too late. I'll, but we should exchange notes. It's been a good twenty uh, twenty for us, at least on the subscription front. Um, but uh, so, Andre, do you are you concerned about how you are perceived by, let's say, a prospective, uh, you know, commissioner of content or a commissioner of uh, someone wants to commission uh, a series? Are you a journalist? Are you a content creator? Do you think it kind of compromises you one way or the other because 
I know I'm told all the time that you shouldn't appear in these funny videos of Misha to see or someday when someone go make a presentation. Yeah, ये तो वो joker है जो आता है. Now I see where that is coming from. Maybe it's coming from a good place that this guy makes bad jokes on television on on video. So how what kind of a CEO is he? And maybe there's a point to that. Are you worried about credibility vis-a-vis virality? So actually, when I started doing, um, so when I started acting in videos and stuff for BuzzFeed, it was uh, always in sketches and you know, uh, uh, you know what we called IRLs, which is basically like food taste tests and stuff like that. Um, and then when I wanted to venture more and more into doing uh, quote unquote credible stuff, where we would you know talk about a large systemic issue like you know fairness claims or something like that, or uh, you know when you're talking about um, things that happen in the media landscape in India. uh i did get a lot of feedback from a lot of people saying you should stop acting in sketches and stuff like that where uh you know it will reduce your credibility or people won't take you seriously and stuff like that um personally i don't feel like that should be a thing uh, i can be a very smart and credible person and also be hilarious um and in these sketches and stuff like that it's not like that is it it shouldn't diminish uh, you know another part of my personality um like i'll take the example of john oliver like he's extremely funny and a lot of his work has made actual change you know systemic change in the us and i don't think people see him he keeps saying he's not a journalist but i don't think they see him as either or you know i think he's just late night comedy is a very good as a new space and, basically a yeah, new space as a new space yeah it's a, it's a very good i mean i think it's the way forward for a lot of people to understand and uh, you know absorb different kinds of information and awareness about what's happening in their country and the world um but yeah i mean i agree with a lot of what uh, satvik said which is basically like the 9010 thing so even at buzzfeed what it happened was uh, buzzfeed news doesn't make any money it's it's a source of credibility for the brand so a lot of the money that was made from like say tasty or nifty or any of the native advertising and any of the projects that buzzfeed was doing a lot of it was going into the news venture uh, to hire reporters to hire ground staff to hire you know um to create facilities for this news to uh this thing i also agree with pragya where in certain spaces it just doesn't work out like it just doesn't um pan out which is why i'm sure you guys have seen like globally also buzzfeed has shut down a lot of news places across the world because uh you spend amounts of money and time and resources and then you see at the end of the day it is a numbers game you will try to figure out whether it makes sense to do it for the next 5 years or not um and i think that's happening a lot with a lot of media companies across so i think a lot of people now taking it to themselves and you know i see more journalists on twitter than actually like you know saying stuff in you know publications um and personally i don't see them as less credible because i either worked with them in the past or i know someone who's worked with them i know that they're um as verifiable as can be um and i think a lot of citizen journalism is going to happen more and more and more as you know twitter and instagram kind of take off and they boomed in the last few years i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing but i'm just saying a lot of my news is consumed through social media now i do I, not I, actually go to news laundry the website i find links on twitter and then i click on them yeah that's i think it's a bit of both i think there's good and bad there but um just winding up quickly pragya if you could just quickly any concluding thoughts on which way you think this is going to evolve yeah. is the separation is the separation is the separation going to become further or is it going to converge quick points to what different people have said as a woman as a girl as somebody who started out fairly young uh, i am you know i've been told 
any number if i had a penny for every time i would told you shouldn't project yourself like this or you shouldn't project project yourself like that you have to at some point just stop caring right like if you get it can you imagine how much like my instagram i should post all the time i only write about alcohol i only write about fashion and everyone and their mother and uncle has told me that nobody would take you seriously as a journalist you have to stop writing this shit you have to stop putting up photos of your martini i still have my friends calling me up and saying people will think you're an alcoholic all kinds of things okay so at some point you just have to stop caring where my uh, i think the investment market in india when it comes to media is fairly in my in my limited experience very nascent and sort of underdeveloped and the only thing that really works is hustle um and the first time i really learned that was when i was doing an editorial project with caravan that i was heading it was an events come editorial project and i would go with anand just to anand would be like just come along you know just to sit in the corner and i started taking over the meetings because basically it's about reading what that guy wants or what he thinks and just making shit up on the spot about what you are going to do yeah. and projecting it in a way that will please that person okay it's just it is just entirely hustle okay and you have to lie through your teeth you have to say what the other person wants to hear i'm sorry that's just what the game is at least in whatever experience i have had okay, in this uh in this limited uh, thing the third thing i just want to quickly comment on is that you know something that andres brought up which is becoming really really a problem because i'm also a freelancer most of my writing is as as a freelancer right which means i have to be my own marketing person in the sense that i have to make sure that my articles do well or they go whatever viral definition of viral might be so that i keep getting work as a freelancer but that's also its own trap the number of people who offered me columns because my articles get read because of my twitter following or whatever uh, and then said but just bear in mind you can't write about the rss or modi or whatever i'm like why have you come to me okay i mean this is actually mail today actually offered me a column saying you have to write shit about the gandhis and say good things about modi we want you to do a column i was like but your brand is so good so that's also a, it's a huge problem right like people coming to you just because you can do that or well you have to do that finally final point i think is um, a more general point in terms of what i'm seeing trends to be i think there is a lot of emphasis that we place on revenue models on marketing on and therefore on virality of content in terms of how much is being shared etc i think a lot of problems inherently the journalism has at this point in time are being pinned on to um faulty or perceived perceivably faulty uh, business models right we are not really thinking through when we look at surveys there's a massive crisis of trust massive huge mm-hmm. when it comes to and there was a wonderful survey that reuters with uh, had done in 2019 along with oxford on indian digital media and the the crisis of trust is huge we are not addressing that we are not addressing the diversity question in our uh, newsrooms at all and how the, it impacts content we are not addressing ethics codes we are not addressing a whole bunch of different things i mean i can go into a long list of those but obviously we don't have time for that and we are instead of fixing all over just constantly trying to tweak the financial model um and i feel like maybe that needs a rethink right yeah. uh thanks and satvik uh, just you know want to get this bit of gyan from you cuz i know you really follow digital trends and all very well much better than me i used to learn so much in our chats with you is it just in my head because i'm only following journalists and news related activities on social media that i feel that even people who weren't associated with news are getting into the news gig or is the biggest chunk of digital still nothing to do with news is it still you know miss malini and stuff like that or uh, 
is is it not my imagination more people who had nothing to do with news are getting into news yeah i think the lines are blurring i think something that andre also said uh, earlier i think everyone's a news uh, everyone's a journalist and everyone's an entertainer these days and i think those two have just combined uh, i don't think there is news uh, without entertainment uh, uh, is 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 will be difficult for people to consume and that's the trend that we see um, uh, in tv news especially in tv news uh so yeah i mean i agree with you uh, i think uh, the financial models are so broken that uh, uh, we need to find new ways of giving news to the audience and unfortunately the only thing that seems to be working right now is mixing news with entertainment right so um i will tell our audience that um, our model is quite robust and growing uh, like i have said for the past 8 years pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served and when the advertiser pays the advertiser is served and if you see newspapers today it has kejriwal's picture tarvendra singh from uttarakhand chief minister's picture it has modi ji's picture it has yogi adityanath's picture so those are the guys who paid for today's newspaper just putting it out there letting you know uh, and when i was a reporter and you know from news track arts like it started we started a morning show called good morning today so we who used to do like news for prime time in the 90s first time a morning show was coming so we were told do news you can use that's the morning morning news and the night news is usual politics news and we didn't know what news you can use was so i have an request to all of these young reporters and 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 uh, entertainers you know fused into one here that in these times if you can all come up with a listicle on what to do with your hair in covid times when you can't cut it because other than me we have very very neat hair and i would really would like to know how they did that and i'm sure all our news consumers would love to know that too because that is news you can use thanks satvik thanks andre thanks pragyan thank you chirag for putting this together it was a pleasure so thank you for watching this joint creation between roli books Roly Pulse and News Laundry. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Read more; it's good for your brain.